Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media. This is the Patreon Mix. Yeah, the right to remain silent. against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to and during any question. You can't afford one to court appoint one for you. You understand your rights? Your crime spree was over, son. Yeah, you thought you had it licked. But Detective Overton... Warning. This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that are of a sexual nature it should be for people that are 18 years or older heed my warning people I did not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or from some television show the facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims my description of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes if you're gonna get offended Please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I am not Woody Overton, your host of Real Life Real Crime, the podcast. This is Toby Tomplay. I'm the producer of this show. And you guys, this is sort of a unique episode. This was a way to sort of turn lemons into lemonade, if you will. So Woody is not feeling great. He's under the weather right now. And what we decided to do was to take a Patreon slash convict episode, which are bonus episodes that only the Patreon and convict members have access to. And there is a vault with several of these bonus episodes inside of it. As y'all know, Woody is raw and unscripted. And the Patreon convict bonus episodes have a tendency to be a little more raw and a little more off the wall, I guess you could say, as the normal episodes. And you guys get to hear them unedited, just like he he says it. And of course, you get your regular episodes at least one day early. Sometimes you get them several days early. And from time to time, like maybe once every year or so, we will release one to the public and replace it with another one. So this, what you're about to hear, is the November Patreon Convict bonus episode. And Patreon and Convict members, guess what? You're getting a brand new, unheard, bonus episode that will be available probably by the time you hear this. This episode that you are hearing right now dropped at midnight, and I would wager that you will have your new episode by probably lunch. And that's it. You guys enjoy the episode. If you're considering being a Patreon or Convict member, it's absolutely what makes real life real crime sustainable and possible. These bonus episodes are just one of many of the perks. So thank you guys so much for your support. And without further ado, this is a Patreon and Convict bonus episode. This is 
Hello, everybody, and welcome to this bonus Patreon and Convict episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. It's been a while, y'all, since I've done one of these, and I was thinking about a story, some stories, actually, that happened when I was working the street. The other night, we went to a block party up in Watson, and I got to see some of my cop buddies that I hadn't seen in years and years and years, like Billy Amy, and what a mountain of a man that dude is. Make him a, a new real life, real crime security chief. I mean, he must be like six foot eight. I forgot how big he was. He's still a cop with Baton Rouge City Police Department, but we used to be on the SRT team together. And of course, we worked the street together, et cetera, and known him for over 21 years. And we got to laughing and talking about some different things. But I'll tell you one night what happened. I was on uh, uniform patrol, and for some reason, I was on the west side of the parish, which I've told y'all in the past. The parish is separated geographically east and west for law enforcement purposes. And it was probably like 2 30, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, the the bad guy hours, if you will. There's nobody on the road at that time of the night except for cops and bad guys, period. And, you know, bad guys or girls being drunks or, or you know, just drug dealers or whatever. So we got a call, a 107P, a susp- that's y'all, that's cop turns for suspicious person, right, at this new development of neighborhood that was going up and nobody was living in there yet. It was, but the roads were blacktop. They had the lots and they were building some homes. And so generally on these types of situations, that's where people go and steal the materials that the uh, contractors have on job sites. And we got a, the call came out as a, a white male in a truck that was seen going in in and out of one of the houses. And I wasn't the closest unit, but I, you know, I, I really wasn't busy, and I figured it was probably going to end up in a foot pursuit or something, right, And that these are going to run or, or vehicle pursuit. But I responded, and I, was, I showed up to back up two other deputies, and that their blue and whites were there, and they had this truck that they actually called them coming out of the neighborhood and they had the driver out, they had the spotlight on them. They were, they were f- blocking them in from the front so he couldn't get out. And I'm pulling up as, as they order him out of the truck, right? And this guy gets out and he's a monster of a man. And this would remind me of Billy Amy because like I told you, he's like six foot eight. But the deputies, and they were younger than me and I, I was getting ready to go into detectives, but they get him out and they start talking to him. And I walk up and I'm listening. And they were like, you know, what are you doing here? And he's like, what the fuck you want? What are you stopping me for? What's, what's your probable cause for stopping me? I'm like, oh, fuck. Here we go. We got a, another lawyer, right? Somebody had been watching too many TV shows and what have you. And so I'm, I wasn't interrupting them. I was just kind of, you know, standing to the side and, and, and in case – Sugar turned to shit, right? And like I said, this guy was a mountain of a man. And he had uh, an extended cab, red Chevrolet truck. And while they're talking to him, 
I kind of ease around him to his backside, and he's turning it to me, and he's like, where the fuck are you going? I said, bro, you don't need to worry about me. Answer their questions. And they asked him for his driver's license. He's like, fuck you. I'm not giving you my driver's license, and you, you bitches ain't got no reason to stop me. And I was like, mm, you know, it's not really going well. But I took my flashlight and I shined it in the back of the truck and it was loaded with boards, okay? And now lumber's expensive. And if you're a doper, you, you can go on these job sites and steal the copper or an air conditioner unit, whatever. It's not bolted down or whatever you can get to take in the hood, you know, to trade for a couple of dollars or whatever, then that's what they do, right? So they, I'm coming back up to him I'm in they were really, really verbally getting into it now. He was refusing any kind of orders. He refused to produce his ID. He was cursing them, et cetera. And, but I used to be the field training officer, and, and, you know, training new uniform patrol guys. And I always told them, you start out low, right? You can start out low with whoever it is. By low, y'all, I mean, you don't have to get out cursing and hollering and inspecting the, you know, to get in, into this shit or whatever. If if they start out high, meaning like the, this, this guy was, he was being a dick, right? And reason he was being a dick is I'm guessing he was stealing the shit out of the neighborhood and he didn't want the popo talking to him. But so I'm listening to him and they are, I mean, it's just, it's, it's going downhill and it's going downhill fast. And, and he's refusing to comply, won't show his driver's license, you know, telling them, fuck you. And I, 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 you know, and they started raising their voice going back. And I was like, oh, you know what? Hold on. Just let me intervene. And, and I said, hey, man, hey, listen, I need you to calm down. And he was like, well, you don't tell me to calm down. I said, no. I said, just calm down. I want you to step back here. And talk to me. So what I was doing at that time, y'all, was diffusing the situation. The I figured this asshole's going to jail, but I really didn't want to have to fight him, right? So I said, just step over here towards the rear of your vehicle with me. Step away from them. Let's restart. Let's hit reset. And he walked back with me. I didn't turn my back on him now. I'm kind of at a... 45 degree angle as he's walking with me in case he just decided to put hands on me or run or whatever. And also I was keeping my pistol side bladed away from him so he couldn't grab my gun or anything else. Hey y'all, let me tell you about Victoria Emerson. It's a fresh, awesome jewelry line that was created in 2012 and it's loved by women around the world including my wife, Cindy. She ordered the Lucky Heart Pendant Necklace, y'all. It's a gold necklace on a chain that comes down and it has a gold heart with it and a cool little pendant. And she also ordered the Winnie Knotted Hoop Earrings. Y'all, these are gold and they're tied in a knot on them. They're so cool. They look so good on her and she loves it. But Victoria Emerson started out as an idea to create gorgeous jewelry for everyone. Victoria Emerson is a jewelry line that offers wrap bracelets, boho cuffs, earrings, and necklaces to bring a little sparkle to everyone's lives. Each piece is created with genuine materials, including real crystals, stones, AA pearls, and 14 karat and 18 karat gold. 
There's something for everyone. Minimalists will love the dainty necklaces, timeless chains, or even the double wrap bracelets. Those looking for a little more will love the boho cuffs, wraps, bracelets, and layered necklaces for all of their sparkle. Victoria Emerson is inclusive with most styles offering multiple points to fasten the piece or extensions so you can adjust the fit to be as loosely or as snug as you like. Customer favorites are the freshwater pearl wrap bracelets. The layered necklaces featured multiple chains on one class for an easy layered look. And the infamous paper clip style gold necklace that sold out multiple times within, within 24 hours. Also, you can get smartwatch straps so you can have fashion and function. Brand new styles just landed online for the fall season. Listeners can buy one, get one free on the entire collection by visiting https colon forward slash forward slash www.victoriaemerson.com slash rlrc and use code rlrc. Once again, that's https colon forward slash forward slash www.victoria E-M-E-R-S-O-N dot com slash R-L-R-C and use the code R-L-R-C. Y'all, you're going to love this jewelry. Cindy loves it, and it can go with any style of clothing that she's wearing. No matter where we're going, she rocks it. We love Victoria Emerson. And we get back to the back of the truck, and we're probably 20 feet from the other two guys by this point. And I'm like, look, hey, man. Um, Deputy Overton with the Sheriff's Office, we had a call of a suspicious person that's been pulling in and out of here in a red truck for the last, you know, hour or so. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't know. You know, I said, oh, no. I said it's okay. Listen, what I'm going to do, I'm going to advise you your rights. You're not under arrest. I said, but I want you to understand your rights before I talk to you anymore. And so I advised him his rights. Y'all read, read them to him. And or told him to him. I didn't have to read him off a card or anything. Naturally, I know him, right? And and I read it to him, and he kind of gets quiet. And I said, now, look, I said, what are you doing back here? And he he is a massive man, okay? We're standing at the tailgate of his truck. And he's kind of trying to, he's standing between the truck and me. I think he was trying to hide the, the boards in the back of the truck, which was too late. And I said, what are you doing back here? And he was, he was like, I'm just driving around. I'm like, nobody lives back here, dude. This is, you know, new construction. And why are you back here? And it was like, well, uh, um, I was just riding around looking for a home to buy. And, and now look, his truck was an old piece of shit. And I'm thinking, this is a really nice neighborhood that's going up probably Two or three hundred thousand dollar homes, et cetera. And I'm like, you really gonna tell me that? I mean, you just out here riding? And he was like, yeah. And I had asked the other two deputies to stay away, right? Because I wanted to try to talk him down and, and get some juice out of him. And you know, if it came to the point of uh, throwing fists, you know, I didn't want it to, to to reach that. You know, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. But as I'm talking to him, I could see his pupils were extremely dilated and he was sweating profusely. Uh, I'm thinking he's probably on meth. 
But as I'm as I'm talking to him, he puts his hands in his. It was cold that night to y'all. Let me tell you that it was cold. You could one of those cold, cold nights where you could see your breath, the mist off your fog or whatever fuck you want to call it off your breath. And he puts his hands. He goes puts his hands in his in his coat pocket, or I think it was like a one of those goose down vests. But, it, but he goes and puts his hands in his pocket, and immediately. I tell him, I say, hey, hey, I need you to take your hands out of your pocket for officer safety. And I haven't, you know, tried to shake him down or pat him down or anything at this point. I know it's coming, right? But I also know that when I'm engaged in, in a verbal conversation with him, yeah, he immediately uh, uh, complied and took his hands out of the pocket, right? And then we, we continue to talk. But I know he's going to put his hands back in his pockets again because either he's holding dope or, you know, they, they just forget and they put their hands back in the pocket. Well, guess what? He did it within 30 seconds. He puts his hands back in his pocket. And then I told him what I always do. And then I said, listen, I've asked you once to take your hands out of your pockets for officer safety. I said, I don't know if you got a bazooka in there or machine gun or a rocket launcher or you know, I said, so what I'm gonna do now is ask you to turn around and put your hands on the truck and I'm gonna pat first you for officer safety. And he kind of looked at me. I said, Look, just turn around, put your hands on the truck, you're not under arrest. I'm gonna pat frisk you for officer safety. And and I gently went to put my hands on him and he started to turn around. He put his hands on the truck, and I put my right foot in between his legs, and I kick his feet out just a little bit, gently now, y'all, in, in a non-aggressive manner. Yeah, that's way, when you do that, you have them a little bit off balance, right? Plus, you're going to shake down the inside of their legs. So what I, I put my left hand up on his back, and then, it, you know, towards the back of his neck, and I have to reach up for that, and I start to pat frisk him down. I start on his arms, his right arm, pull down, and I reach over to his left arm, pull down, and I go down the front of his chest. And he's remember now, he's leaning forward, his arms on, on the thing, and I go down his chest, and I hit his pocket. And when I did, I could feel what I believe through my experience to be a pipe, a glass stick was a street term for it. And as soon as I hit that, and I said, and, you know, I got my arm, my left arm up on his back, so I still got somewhat control on him. But remember, he's much bigger than me. And look, I, I wasn't a small guy. Yeah, I'm six foot two, but back then I was like 250, okay? I mean, it was many, many years. I was in my 30s, early 30s. But when I hit that pipe and I grabbed it through the jacket and I said, what's this? And he didn't answer me. I said, is, I said do you have anything in your pocket that's going to stick me? I, I said, I'm, I'm going to reach in your pocket and find out what it is. I said, do you have anything in your pocket that's going to stick me? And the reason we do that, y'all, is because a lot of times when you search these people, they have needles on them, right? Now, I wore gloves that had Kevlar, the bulletproof material on the front side, for that reason, and especially when I'm shaking people down. But And it was cold that night also. But and he didn't answer me, and I said, do you have anything that's going to stick me? And he didn't answer me. I said, listen, I'm going to reach into the pocket now, and I'm going to take out what's in there. And I, you know, I said, unless you want to tell me ahead of time what it is. He didn't answer me. 
soon as I'm reaching in, I start to reach in with my right hand around his front into that goose down vest. As soon as I put my hand in the pocket, bitch, it was on. Okay. Now there's two times you really have to be cautious. The first is if you're going to pat for somebody and they're holding something, that's why you always want them a little bit off balance, leaning forward a little bit, hands out, et cetera, so you have somewhat control in case they decide to run or, or fight. And uh, Because that's what's going to happen. When you actually go to reach in and, and get whatever it is that's illegal, if they're going to fight or flight, that's when it's going to happen. The second time is when you go to cuff someone. Now, Nine times out of 10, if you tell someone to turn around, put the hands behind out of, behind their back, and that's when you go to cuff them up, absolute guarantee you, you better damn well hold on to those cuffs as tight as you can in the middle. Hold mine in the middle and get them to turn around. You hit one wrist, click, click. That's when they're going to fight. And now it, there's nothing more dangerous than a cuff but you get one on, and if they break that, their your hold on it, then now they got a weapon on their wrist, which they can swing if they're gonna fight, right? I didn't even get to the point of cuffing this guy. I went, my hand start to put my hand in the pocket, my left arm still up on his back. He turned around and just, I mean, I even though he was off balance. He spun around as hard as he could with his left elbow, and he caught me in the face. Now I was able to duck my head down a little bit. Um, when it, I mean, you know, I could, it's like slow motion, y'all. It, it seems like it takes fourteen hundred years, but it happens in a split second. And I just knew right when he started to spin, I knew it was coming. So I ducked my head to his back, but he still hit me, and he spun all the way around and he hit me with his left elbow. It knocks me a little bit sideways, and then I'm coming back up and get back up. He wasn't running, okay? He wanted to fight. And I'm coming back up, and that bitch started raining down blows on me. I'm talking about, like, hit me in my head and as hard as he could. He was a big dude, and it hurt. But I, I, I ducked down, and when he started swinging on me, I, get, I swung up with the hardest uppercut that I could and hit him as hard as I could underneath his jaw hit him underneath his jaw as hard as I could, didn't phase this bitch. And then he starts raining down blows on me, and it's on. It's a it's a 14-108 resistant officer, right? And he's fighting me. He's he's we're now we're trading punches, but we're in I stayed in as close as I could to him because he's such a big guy that I mean he's trying to hammer fist down on me, but I'm staying in close as I can. I'm punching up and the other deputies didn't even see it. Hey, y'all. In the last couple of years, everything seemed to change, right? From how we work, how we learn, even our personal relationships, certainly our business relationships. And when stress comes upon me from all these new situations, I use Talkspace therapy. The reason I like Talkspace is it's easy to schedule an appointment with a licensed therapist and it's secure, and it's a professional process, and they don't judge you, right? Talkspace is ready to help you start feeling better with a single message. You set goals with your Talkspace therapist and develop techniques to cope in difficult times. 
Talkspace offers individual therapy, couples therapy, and medication prescription service. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform. There are thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with across dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. Talkspace works around your schedule at your convenience with live video sessions and unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist. Y'all, I promise you, I actually use this and it's a great escape for me and makes me a better person when I have a different thought process on how I handle the things, the stress and anxiety that I'm going through. If you need a little support to help you through the end of the year or you want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is there to help. They'll match you with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code REALCRIME. That's $100 off when you use code REALCRIME at Talkspace.com. Again, if you're having issues, if you think you're having issues, y'all, go look them up. Talkspace, the, my therapist, I love them. They make me a better person and get $100 off when you use the code REALCRIME at Talkspace.com. They were standing up at the front of the fucking truck talking to each other, facing each other, and I'm like, 108, 108, and then we're, we're trade punches, boom, 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 and then the guy put me in a damn headlock, and when he did, all I could do is grab his lower left leg and and – pull it out from underneath them. So then we go to the ground. And at some point, the other two deputies come up. Now, here's the deal. the I don't care what you see on cop shows or whatever. It is hard as fuck to handcuff somebody if they are resisting. Now, this guy, I was nowhere near to getting him cuffed. But the other two deputies come up at, at some point. It seemed like I'd been down there fighting. We're rolling on the ground. He's got me in a headlock. And I mean, I hit him in the nuts. I hit him everywhere that I could. Basically getting my ass kicked, but not that bad. Uh, uh, but I'm hitting him with everything that I have in, in close quarter combat. And at some point, the other deputies, I feel them jump in. Now they're trying to get him off of me. And he's trying to choke me out and kill me in the in the headlock. And they were able to break the, the arm hold. Well, guess what? This, there's four of us on the ground now, right? Fighting. Three of us on this one guy. And we I swear to God, we fought for I somebody was able to say 108 on one of the other deputies, which on the radio, which means send back up. And then immediately when the radio room, the dispatchers hear that, they 1033 the net, which means I hold the net for, except for emergency traffic. Cops need assistance, right? They're in a fight. And y'all, we fought and we fought. And it's just one of those things where you're raining down blows. At some point, The it wasn't me. Uh, one of the other deputies was able to get their freeze plus pee out and spray him. Well, the problem with that is when you spray him and you're rolling around the ground, everybody gets sprayed, right? So in a, I told you about freeze plus pee before. When you first get sprayed with it, you're like, oh, it's not that bad for about a minute, minute and a half, and then it automatically causes your eyes to swell shut and it gives you that 
that I'm dying breath, um, like you're drowning, right, if you will. And so now, <laughs> though, that I'd fallen in it so many times, et cetera, I knew how to try to c- control my breathing and not freak out. But I'm I'm sprayed with Freeze Plus P. I'm, you know, was being choked out and the adrenaline's pumping and we're fighting. But guess what? We couldn't get him under control. I mean, this was one big, strong monster of man. And, and all that shit they teach in the academy about straight arm bar takedowns and soft, empty hand control and palm heel strikes and all that bullshit, it goes out the window, y'all. When you're in a fist fight, it's a fist fight. You punch me, I'm going to punch you back. And I know you've heard me tell you this before, but it's just the way it is, right? And so I could hear sirens coming in the distance. And we were, I mean, I'm talking about blows are being rained in every direction. And I think at one point he kicked, well, I know he did. He kicked one of the deputies in the, in the shin and who was like leaning over towards his hip heart. I think it was the same one that sprayed, kicked him in the shin. He went down. He's out. You know, he, he's down on the ground holding his leg. But I could hear the sirens coming, the cavalry's coming to save the day. And But this fight, might have been four minutes, maybe. And now we've got spray, serious blows being thrown, elbows, knees, uh, fist punches in the face and everywhere else, and nothing. I mean, this guy's getting the best of all of us. But the the long story short, you know, the other sirens are coming in and they get there. And I guess it looked like the Rodney King thing from back in the day in the end. By the time everybody got there, this dude was still fighting, even though he had been sprayed and he couldn't see. He's blindly fighting, but he was so cock strong that, you know, I don't know how many it took, probably like six guys, six deputies on him before we were able to pin him down and somebody was able to get a hand behind his back and get that cuff on him, and they were able to force around and get the other cuff on him. And monster of a man. The whole thing, probably the whole fight and and getting him cuffed, et cetera, probably took, I don't know, six minutes from beginning to end, maybe eight minutes, but it seemed like 18 freaking years, right? So finally get him down or they get the cuffs on him and he's face down. Uh, somebody went and got some shackles and we, cause he was still trying to kick. And so sitting on, not the George Floyd sitting on him. We weren't sitting on his neck or whatever. I wasn't sitting on Dick. I, the, I could, couldn't barely see cause of the freeze plus P and, and my adrenaline was ripping so hard. And somebody went and got some shackles and shackled his feet, and we we hogtied him, right, and used another pair, or they hogtied him, used another pair of handcuffs to bring his legs back up once they got the shackles on him up towards his back, and then extended his arms down with the cuffs down and took another pair of cuffs and ran him from the cuffs to the shackles. So now he's hogtied. This dude can't move. And look, by the way, he's like 300-some pounds, all right, but not fat, just a big monster of a man. Great. Call it in, 259-1015, one white male, 1064 of the net, which means you can let traffic go. We all went, 
what happens in a situation like that when your adrenaline is pumping so hard and you know you're going and you go for however long well you don't realize most of the time you don't realize any injuries that you have until after your adrenaline starts to calm down and then i was i was sitting back on the ground and i just realized my hand is just fucking killing me my my right hand i was like holy shit man and i mean i'm talking about bad pain i knew i, I had messed something up right and then i reached up with my left hand and my mouth was bleeding he, i guess it was an elbow or one of his punches or whatever he busted my uh my tooth had gone into my lip on my right hand side of my face so i'm bleeding but the, i looked down at my hand and my finger the uh, my ring finger on my right hand was bent like in a not natural position i mean it's just fucking bad the uh, uh like bent backwards at a 45 degree angle and i'm like holy shit then i started shaking and and stuff i mean i knew i was hurt i knew my hand was hurt pretty bad and now look i've had broken bones and and all kinds of shit right i had fractured skull before and all this stuff but this was you know i'm sitting on the ground and i'm looking and i'm i'm bleeding and i'm looking at my finger and i started shaking and it almost got nauseous i guess from the the freeze plus p and the adrenaline and everything else but it, one of the guys came up and was like hey you know are you all right and i'm like no man I'm, I'm, my hand is fucked and and the supervisor arrived by that time and it was Mike Irwin. I think he flies the helicopters now for the sheriff's office. But, and he was a great supervisor, great guy, and, and you know, didn't take any shit and always took care of his people. And he said, he said, Woody, let me look at you. And he looked at my face and he said, man, you might need some stitches in your mouth. But I said, that's not the problem, bro. I said, look at my hand. And I held it up. My hand was shaking. And, and he was like, oh, fuck, we got to get you to the hospital, right? And he said, your shit is definitely broken. And so they had called Acadian. Some of the other, some of the other guy, oh, for the, the one that kicked in the leg, too. The, I mean, he, he couldn't even walk. And so they called for Acadian. And I told Mike, I said, I'm not riding a fucking ambulance. I said, you're going to have to go to the hospital regardless. I said, you know, let me just ride with you. And and he was like, you can, that's fine. You can ride with me. And, and so, so got the other guy loaded up for his leg. And we went to, well, the, the hospital was the closest one at that time, was right across the bridge in East Baton Rouge Parish. Oh, shit, I forget the name of it, Oshner's or something. But the, it's changed now, I think. So we go to that emergency room and get out and they bring the other deputy in for his leg and they have to go take him for an x-ray and then they and they the doctor came and looked at me and, and looked at my mouth and you know they put some galls on it etc but it, i showed my hand he said oh yeah he said you definitely if it's not broken then it's definitely dislocated let's go in and get you an x-ray so the x-ray tech came mike had called the sheriff and everything and the x-ray tech came and they, they put me in. I remember them putting, you know, when you go in the x-ray room and put your hand on that plate to, to do the thing. I remember my hand just shaking, shaking. I mean, it, it wasn't even adrenaline at this point. I think it was from the pain. I, I'm gonna tell you something, it fucking hurt. And I've had a lot of broken shit and it hurt bad. But they took the x-ray of it and then they wheeled me to a room and 
the doctor came in and Mike came in with him and the doc said, hey, look, you should have not broken. He said, but it's definitely dislocated. He said, the problem is, is we've got to put it back into place. And he said, and, and we, you, do you want us to put you to sleep to do it? And, and I'm like, fuck, no, I, I don't want to go under for anything. You know, I said, just do what you got to do. He said, no, no. He said, there's no way. He said, there's no way we're going to do it without something. He said, let me give you a pill that will make you where you, at least you won't remember it. And I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, just fix it because this shit hurts. This is the Patreon hey, y'all. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. The stress, the anxiety, and the pain. Y'all have heard me talk about feels now for several years. I'm going to continue to tell you about it because it works. At nighttime, I put a couple drops underneath my tongue, and it helps me fall asleep. And I stay asleep. I wake up rested, no hangover, no sluggishness. It just helps me be a better person. And recently, I've started using it when my legs are hurting, whether it's during the daytime or at night, I'll take a drop, and it takes the pain away. Feels is a better way to feel better. Their premium CBD will keep your head clear and help you feel your best. CBD has been proven to greatly reduce anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. Navigating the world of CBD can be complicated. That feels they look to make the process as simple as possible so you can start feeling better sooner. If you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you through your discovery process. And knowing if CBD is right for you, Feels hassle-free membership program is guaranteed to help you feel your best month after month or your money back. It's that simple. It's shipped direct to your doorstep in only a few days. Feels is a new, natural, healthy, better way to feel better. Again, Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. Feels naturally helps reduce your stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. It's easy to take, placing a few drops under your tongue, and you feel the difference in moments. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no hangover addiction. And join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Become a member and get 50% off your first order. Try it out. Become a member and you get half off your first order. Become a member today by going to fields.com slash R-L-R-C and you'll get that 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash R-L-R-C to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Fields.com slash R-L-R-C. I use it because it makes me a better person when I'm well rested and I don't have the aches and pains, you need to try it out. So I remember Mike being there in the room with me and they gave him the pill and it took like 20 minutes or uh, a loopy pill. I don't know what it was, y'all, but Mike was there with me and I remember him doing it, but I don't remember the pain of it. I remember him popping or uh, bending my finger back into place and you know, screaming out, et cetera. But they fixed it and and taped it up and what have you. But evidently they gave me, whatever pill was, was a loopy, loopy pill. I don't remember what all I said, but Mike actually drove me home. Somebody else had gotten gotten my unit from the scene. Mike drove me home and the stuff was, you know, making me 
sleepy and all that. But he he picked on me for a long time afterwards. He said, bro, you had no idea the crazy, funny shit you were saying when you were all fucked up <laughs> from that pill. But anyway, the uh, the other deputy was, was all right. I, I think his shin was bruised really bad. So bad guy goes to jail. We charged him with the injury of an office, officer's. Uh, turned out the material. The I think it was the next day. The detectives had had um, the the contractor came in and a bunch of those houses had been robbed uh, of stuff. And they were able to identify the boards as coming from the site. And uh, when they searched the guy after he was down, he had meth on him in the meth pipe. Um, so he went to jail on a bunch of felony charges. Then they added more charges. The probable cause, whether they stuck or not, for him burglarizing the the construction sites. And I remember going to the probable cause hearing and having to testify the free shot, right, that he gets to get out, having to testify about the, the fight. And I remember the public defender, when he was questioning me about it, he was like, well, you, you punched my client in the face. And I said, I, I hope I did. You know? And he said, what do you mean? I said, hell, he was you know, trying to kill me. And, and he said, well, you had to go to the hospital. Your hand was hurt. I said, that's right. He said, so you punched my client. I said, yeah, yeah, I punched him as hard as I could and, and probably as many times as I could, motherfucker. I didn't say motherfucker in the courtroom. I said, and, and I would do it again. And he said, well, you uh, don't you think that you shouldn't have been so aggressive with my client? I said, hey, he turned and spun on me. He hit me with his elbow. He started raining down blows upon me. Did I punch him? Yeah, I punched him. I punched him as hard as I could, and it didn't do anything. I said, and I would do it again today. Um, anyway, long story short, he ended up taking a plea, and he had to pay restitution. He had to pay the medical bills, restitutions for the deputies involved, and he got some time. I think he, it, the judge gave him like two years of uh, the plea. They pled him down to like two years. I mean, he, proven that he actually stole the stuff from the construction site, even though he had boards in the back of the truck. I mean, you can't prove that shit down on a reasonable doubt, but you can definitely prove by my injuries and my busted face. Yeah, they, they I forgot they'd take pictures of that. The detective came out um, to the hospital when I was all looped up on the pills uh, or whatever it was they gave me. And took pictures of my, you know, facial injuries and, and my hand and all that. And, of course, we had the doctor's report, et cetera. So we would have slammed him on that, no doubt, and the resisting, the injuring an officer. Uh, actually, it was it was second-degree battery because anytime you get into an altercation, if somebody hits somebody and it causes such pain that the – I think the law reads it, um, extreme physical pain. If you're on the receiving end of it and you uh, have extreme, extreme physical pain, you lose consciousness or get disfigurement or you have to seek medical attention, it makes it a second-degree battery. But, y'all, that's the same thing as, as attempted murder in the state of Louisiana. Now, again, battery in the rest of the United States is – the battery and assault are are different than they are in Louisiana. It's swapped. In Louisiana, a battery is the unwanted touching. 
in the rest of the United States, a battery is the the threat. Okay, in Louisiana, uh, an assault is actually the verbal threat. Or if you pick up a gun, you point at somebody and you don't shoot them. That's a, that's an aggravated assault because you're using a firearm. But there's different levels of it. But it's swapped everywhere else. If you're in Texas or California, you hear me say second degree battery. It's not a threat. Okay. It was second degree battery, which is the same thing. It, it, there was no attempted murder charge on the book. So that he had serious shit. I think he took two years and uh, they let him out on one. No, it must have been longer than two years. Whatever it was, after two years, I got a call from the uh, parole officer and it, it said, Hey, do you, you know, do you mind if this guy gets out? He's been. Uh, he's gone through drug rehab programs in the prison and blah, blah, blah. And, y'all, he had had several arrests before, but no, none of crime and violence. He was, just, he was just a dope head thief. And I told him, no, I, I don't mind if he gets out. It's the same thing like when my vehicle got broken into in my neighborhood when I was a detective and I found the guy that did it. And they called me out of respect and said, hey, do you mind if he gets parole? He'd been in like five or six years. I'm like, nope. But tell him if he ever comes around me, he's going to spring a leak, right? Because I'm going to kill him. And I told him the same thing. I said, you just, I mean, I hope he's straight. I hope he goes on and lives a you know, great and productive life. But if he, if he ever fucking comes near me again, I'm not going to fight him. I'm not going to hurt my hand. And I'm not going to get my mouth busted open. I'm going to put a bullet in him. So anyway, I was thinking about that, y'all. I know it's a little bit of a different story. But it popped in my mind when I saw Billy the other night. And he was dressed up like Rip from Yellowstone. And I thought of him. First thing I thought of him when I, it, I mean, because he's like six foot eight and just just a massive hunk of a man. And the first thing I thought of was that big son of a bitch we had to fight on. And that actually, that's the only time, I think that's the only time in my career that I ever had to go to the emergency room for my injuries, right? So, but anyway, it healed up. It was no big deal. Uh, after that, I was sore for a little while and what have you. But in my face was, you know, a little fucked up. <laughs> but it is what it is. So anyway, uh, I love and appreciate y'all. Uh, I know this was a little bit different. I was sitting down this morning recording a commercial. And I said, you know what? Let me tell this story while I'm thinking of it. So I hope y'all enjoyed it. Thank you for being Patreon members and convicts. And hey, Patreon members, Convicts are basically Patreons in the Real Life Real Crime community app, which is free to download. But if you're already a Patreon member and you want to swap over, it's really, really easy. There's instructions on how to do it. But if you can't figure out how to do it, then message Cindy Overton or Cindy, C-Y-N-D-I, at realliferealcrime.com and she'll get you taken care of or you can message her on Facebook or whatever. But the app is where it's at, y'all. It's it's like the crew page on steroids. It and it has the it has all these different forums and, and group chats and true crime stuff that gets posted every day, this day in history, all this crazy stuff. You get points and or stars or whatever they're called for discounts on merch and stuff like that. But if you also the convicts, the the Patreon members basically that are or have swapped over to the app, they get the all the benefits that you get from being a regular Patreon member but everything's in one place. So 
if you want to swap over, great, and 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 that'd be awesome. If you don't want to, that's that's fine too. But the convicts, the, I hope you're enjoying the app. And there will be some video stuff on there that, and then some more stuff on there that may not be on the Patreon, Facebook only page, etc. I'm trying to get away from the Facebook part because it, we get censored every day and nobody's censoring the Real Life Real Crime community app except for Woody Overton. And y'all know you, you have to be a real asshole for me to say something to you, right? Or just, you know, a troll that gets in there and wants to start shit with good people. Uh, I don't put up with that. But check it out. I appreciate y'all. love you so much. And, and this show would not run without y'all. And... We will be doing more stuff. The holiday season's coming up. I'm gonna do some videos. The I y'all had done the bull and peanut video. I bull peanuts for three fucking days because <laughs> it takes that long, right? Three different big batches worth. I had all the new camera, the video set up, and had recorded it all. Well, I came to record in the studio, and I put that chip in because it had it still had more hours on it, right, to record on. And I put that chip in, and it said, do you want to calibrate this chip or something like that? And I hit the wrong button, evidently, and I erased it all. But I'm going to fry my turkeys. We're going to do live, that live, and and I'm going to do it for Patreon and Convicts. And and so you know, where you can, you know, I'm going I'm to drink beer. I'm going to fry the turkeys. I'm going to get out the Jackie syringe and show you how to inject the turkey and get it all prepped and everything else and we have all this new high dollar equipment and stuff which we wouldn't have if if it wasn't for y'all's support so i'm I'm gonna try to do more okay and and the um stay tuned because we got a lot more stuff coming for y'all not just episodes but a lot more stuff that we're actively planning to set up for convicts and patreon but again i love y'all i appreciate you if if wouldn't have a show if if it wasn't for y'all course we've grown phenomenally um you know and and but it's we wouldn't have been able to start concentrating and on doing things like building the app and the live shows and all this different stuff if it wasn't for your contribution and i'll never ever be able to tell you how much i appreciate it and hope you enjoyed this episode i know it was different pretty much just me rambling but i love y'all i appreciate you Y'all don't forget about the crew bash, the VIP. I think they're almost sold out, but that's going to be an all-night deal on Friday night, February 4th in downtown Baton Rouge. Uh, The crew bash itself is on my birthday, February 5th. And we've got people coming in from all over the United States. I know a lot of y'all patrons and convicts that are coming. So, But anyway, that's if you haven't got your tickets, uh, I think you get discounts for whatever. I don't know all the stuff on the Patreon and the convict benefits but if you haven't got your tickets get them because especially if you want to go to the vip event because and there's a handful of those left but anyway that's it and i'm woody overton your host of real life real crime the podcast and until next time or ever don't let me catch you down on murder bye peace Real Life 
Thrill Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media. This is the Patreon Mix.